like that. You want to try that. Welcome to this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show. I hope you all are excited to be here today on this Friday edition of the Logan Blackman Show here on the Logan Blackman Show, hosted by yours truly, Logan Blackman of the Logan Blackman Show. Goodness gracious, we are exactly one week away from the 2023 NFL Draft. Everybody give yourselves a round of applause. We are almost there, ladies and gentlemen. The craziness that is this offseason, the craziness that has been these past couple weeks, days, hours, minutes, seconds, whatever, it's almost over. It's almost all over. We are almost out of silly season, but now, though we are almost out of it, we are getting right into the thick of it as well. Because as you get closer to the NFL Draft, as we kind of as we kind of said on Wednesday, Man, it can get crazy as the time gets closer and closer to the NFL Draft. But before we get into all the stuff we're going to talk about today, make sure you follow the Logan Blackman Show on every single form of social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, and of course, Apple Podcasts and Spotify. You can find me on Twitter at Logan underscore Blackman. Instagram account is Blackman Logan with the show's Instagram account being the Logan Blackman Show 1. Facebook and YouTube, search Logan Blackman Show. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel and like and follow the Facebook page. We will have a mock draft sometime out for you next week. Obviously, we'll have one before the draft. We're going to obviously spend like the entire show, I would imagine, talking about the NFL draft because, again, we are a week away. We are a week away. But, uh, yeah, get excited for that. You can also check out the blog post on the LoganBladmanShow.com under the blog section or scroll down on the main page and click on the link there. And you can find the latest blog post, which is our week are two weeks before the NFL Draft prospect rankings. We might have an updated version for you on draft day, so we'll have to stay tuned for that as well. So, uh, yeah, and then the main, of course, of course, the main thing here is to make sure you're following and or subscribe to the Apple Podcasts and Spotify accounts. You can uh, search Logan Blackman Show on both. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts, then you can do this on Spotify. If you're listening on Spotify, you can do it on Apple Podcasts, unless you have an Android phone, of course, because you don't have Apple Podcasts on an Android phone. But, yeah, I would just greatly appreciate if you guys all did that. Follow and subscribe to all those different forms of social media. And then on the Apple Podcast Spotify accounts, leave a rating out of five stars as well. It can be a good rating or a bad rating. Just let me know down below on why you feel the way you do. Because that would make me feel a lot better than seeing a random one, random ass one-star rating and going, well, why did they do that? Because it could be for the silly giggles and stuff like that. It could be for the silly billies out there, the tricksters, the people obsessed with tomfoolery. It could be those people. But just leave me a description down below. Whether it's good or bad, I don't really care. It can be about an individual episode. It can be about the show in general. I would just greatly appreciate it if you did that. Now, as we just spent, as we just said, uh, we're getting into a point in time where good and bad reviews are becoming all the range. And you could go, you could search one individual player in the NFL draft, and something good will be said about them, and something negative will be said about them. Because as we get closer, I will keep reiterating this because it is very important. There's going to be an insane amount of rumors that who the hell knows if they're true. Could be true. Could be completely fabricated to try and get players to fall up, fall down to them, good or bad. And they could have some team try to trade up with them. So we'll see what happens there, but it's just insane. And the funny part about all of this is, is that all of this stuff that's getting reported now is not something that has been you know, just spur of the moment. Like, oh, now it's happening. No, it's just that the media is starting to get a hold of it. Like, there's no real... I don't remember who said this. I saw a quote the other day. There's no real draft risers. Everybody that is a... so Like, a GM, scouting department, whatever, coach, whatever, they know what players they like beforehand. There's no real, like, insane, like, 
like last year, Trayvon Walker wasn't really talked about nationally as the number one player in the draft or even a top 10 player in the draft until Daniel, Jer Daniel Jeremiah had him going fifth overall to the Giants. That was the first time I saw that last year when Trayvon Walker was starting to get talked about. There is no way that Trent Baalke was like, oh, Daniel Jeremiah posted that. Now we go look for it. So I always think it's funny when people say something in regards to a certain prospect or a player or whatever that it gets taken up like it's gospel. The NFL people, GMs, coaches, scouts, whatever, again, owners, they don't give a rat's ass about what the media says. You go back to, I think, the 1990, it's 93 or 94, I can't remember exactly, when Trent Dilfer was drafted. It was Trent Dilfer and Heath Schuler in that draft, and Mel Kuyper went in on Bill Tobin, who was the gen then GM of the Indianapolis Colts. They took Marshall Falk, you know, future Hall of Fame running back with the second overall pick out of San Diego State. Then they trade back up in the draft after Heath Schuler went to the Washington, then Redskins, I think fifth overall. They traded back up in the draft, who everybody thought was going to be Trent Dilfer, namely Mel Kuyper, who is one of the main reasons the NFL draft is as big as it is, if not the main reason, not just one of the, but he could be the main reason. He's really popularized the whole idea of making mock drafts and stuff like that. Like, he was the first big name of that, at least as far as I can remember. There could have been someone else I completely forgetting about, but as far as I know, Mel Kuyper was the main guy in all of this. And whether you like him or not, whether you think he's an idiot or not, you cannot deny that he's the godfather of mock drafts, really. But he went absolutely in on Bill Tobin because of the fact the Colts didn't trade up for Trent Dilfer. The Colts traded up for our line, uh, Nebraska linebacker, now Nebraska GM, or, uh, GM uh, Nebraska athletic director, Trev Alberts. They traded up for him. And Mel Kuyper went on this massive rant at Bill Tobin talking about, oh, Bill Tobin, essentially, I'm paraphrasing here, I don't remember the exact quote, but he was like, basically calling me an idiot, saying this is why the Colts are picking, not being in the playoffs of the year, this is why they're picking at the top in draft year in, year out, because they don't take players like Trent Dilfer Well, they have a quarterback in the name of Jim Harbaugh on their roster. Where you try to upgrade a position, they didn't, they traded up to draft a linebacker, he's like, yeah, Trev Albert's a good player, but he's not a quarterback, which is the most important position on the football field, especially the most important position in the draft. Because if you got a quarterback on a rookie contract, now it was different back then what, what, than what we have now, but having that young quarterback is essential, really, for building an insanely successful team. Otherwise, you have a quarterback that's either taken in a lot of money, or you got a guy like Tom Brady who's got a supermodel wife who makes more money than him, and he's willing to take all these different pay cuts in order to get players in in order to keep winning. Not everybody's built like that. It's different for everybody out there. Not everybody is married to the number one highest grossing supermodel in the freaking world. Not everybody does, not everybody is that lucky. So players got to get their money when they when they feel it's deserved. Like Jalen Hurts, we just talked about him being the most expensive player in NFL history. It's deserved. But that is an example because Bill Tobin got interviewed by, ah, oh crap, what's his name? Mortensen um, from ESPN. I can't, Chris Mortensen. He was getting interviewed by him afterwards, and Bill Tobin's like, who the hell is Mel Kuyper anyway? He tells us who and who, who and we shouldn't draft, who to not take, and all this stuff. Mel Kuyper's got no more credentials than my neighbor, and my neighbor's a postman, and he doesn't even have season tickets to the NFL. That one I remember more than Mel Kuyper's quote about Bill Tobin, the original one. I remember Bill Tobin's quote pretty well. And that just shows that these guys don't really care. And again, it was a different time. I understand that back then, mock drafts and mock draft quote-unquote experts, draft quote-unquote experts, were not really as big or all the norm that they are now. Like you got people sitting in their closets in their apartments making mock drafts and doing podcasts and stuff like that. 
Like, it's a, it's a crazy time in which we live in right now. You didn't have that back then. It was really Mel Kuyper, and that was pretty much it. And there were people that were doing interviews for NFL Network back then, which is weird that the, Mel Kuyper, ESPN guy, now on NFL Network for the, the NFL film stuff, they had GMs on there. It was like, Bill Tobin basically just said what everybody was thinking. Because these guys in the national media, and just mock draft people in general, like, and I'm, I'm going to include myself in there, they like to tell you, that this is what a team should do. Now, I always try to put my head myself in the mindset of the team, so I never really try to do picks that I would make because my picks would be different or could be different than what a lot of NFL teams will do. But these guys and these ownerships and these teams and whatever, they do not care that Daniel Jeremiah said Trayvon Walker is going to be a top-five pick in the draft. They didn't instantly go, Trent Paulke and Shad Khan and Doug Peterson were not sitting there and going, oh, now we should consider... Trayvon Walker being the number one overall pick in the draft. And Trayvon Walker's rookie year was very up and down. I mean, he's insanely athletic. You could see where the Jaguars were going in regards to getting a super athletic edge rusher that could play both edge, outside linebacker as well as being able, at times, to be playing in the, with his hand in the dirt in a 3-4. Though the best player in the media's eyes was Aiden Hutchinson, the Jaguars didn't wake up one day and go, yeah, Trayvon Walker's the guy. They took a lot of time studying. A lot of this went in throughout the season. They saw it. He tested really well. And that's when the media kind of took hold of it. It was like, hey, Trayvon Walker really could be an option here. Like, they don't care. Like, I've seen a lot of stuff surrounding C.J. Stroud recently that has been kind of getting blown up a lot. And we've talked about C.J. Stroud a lot the past few days. C.J. Stroud, to me, is the second-best quarterback in this NFL draft. And it's been the same thing for a while now. As much as I love Anthony Richardson and think that his ceiling is higher than C.J. Stroud, and we're talking about the here and now the better quarterback going in the NFL draft is C.J. Stroud. The top five quarterbacks in the NFL draft, according to yours truly, is Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Anthony Richardson, Will Levis, and then Hendon Hooker, which could be different if Hendon Hooker didn't tear his ACL back in, I think, November. It could be look a little different than that. I think Hendon Hooker deserves to be a first-round draft pick, but we'll see what ended up happening there. He'd see. It seems like he's going to be either an early second-round pick or a late first-round draft pick. Who the hell knows, though? But this stuff's been coming around about C.J. Stroud. This isn't something that's getting drummed up by the media. This is stuff that's been known by a lot of NFL teams out there. At least one would imagine. Again, I don't have any sources in this fight. I don't know what's going on in these NFL war rooms, these draft rooms, whatever. All I know is the stuff that I see on the internet, on Twitter, and all this different stuff, on the different podcasts and radio shows that I listen to with people covering the NFL draft. That's all I've got. So I try to go off context clues to try and figure out, oh, what this team is thinking, what this team's thinking, what this team's thinking. If teams didn't like C.J. Stroud, this isn't something that, oh, man, this is just happening a week before the NFL draft. Now, there could be some things that happen on draft night that could sway some teams. Like, remember the Laramie Tunsil gas mask video? That could drop some teams down there. Warren Sapp failing, quote-unquote, failing drug tests while at Miami, even though he had a never, never had an actual failed registered drug test at Miami, falls all the way to 13th to Tampa Bay. When the Jets took a tight end over him, the Vikings, who had Tony Dungy at the time as their D coordinator, ended up working with Warren Sapp in Tampa, wanted him on the defense. They ended up taking on a defensive end from Florida State instead. They also got Dylan Brooks later in the first round, one of the greatest first rounds in NFL draft history. Getting Warren Sapp falling and Darren... Uh, wow, why did I just forget his name? Brooks. <laughs> I don't know why I'm forgetting his first name, though. For I just said it. But I'm completely blanking right now. Like, getting two Hall of Famers and two staples for a team that won a Super Bowl in the first round with both of them falling a little bit 
Derek Brooks considered more of a safety body rather than an actual linebacker in that NFL. Warren Sapp falling because of a drug test, potential failed drug test. They said like seven failed drug tests that they never were actually reported at Miami. I don't know. There's things like that that can cause a player's draft stock to fall a little bit in the draft. But if people didn't like C.J. Stroud through the interview process and stuff like that, that's already known through NFL circles. Like, this is the exact thing we talked about last week. Or it was either on Wednesday or last week. I can't really remember. But about Will Levis. The national media and a lot of people out there are not the biggest fans of Will Levis. You search Will Levis on Twitter, you will get thousands of different opinions, but the main focus on Will Levis is that he's not very good. Like we talked about on Wednesday or Monday show, where we looked at, go on Twitter and search Will Levis. You got people calling him the next bust. When teams in the NFL, and this has been reported for a while now, really like Will Levis. At least for the most part, from what we can tell. But teams have liked Will Levis for a while now. And now it seems like C.J. Stroud's going to be that next Ohio State quarterback that starts to fall a little bit. The same thing happened to Justin Fields back in 2021. Same exact situation. Apparently, C.J. Stroud's not interviewing the best. Apparently, there was a there's this test, you know, the cognitive the S2 cognitive test, where Bryce Young got a 98 out of 99. Would you knew Bryce Young was a smart guy going in the draft? I mean, Bryce Young has been him for a while now. His first year starting at Alabama, he won a freaking Heisman Trophy. You see some of the throws he's made throughout his Alabama career, and you see what happened when he's not on the field versus when he is on the field. There's a big difference there. Bryce Young is the guy. Bryce, I think, again, this is the Anthony Richardson thing again. Do I think Anthony Richardson might have a slightly higher ceiling than Bryce Young, given his size and athleticism? Yes. His arm talent and everything. But Bryce Young is the best quarterback in this draft class as we stand here right now. Will Levis in this draft reportedly put up a 93 out of 99 on the same test, similar to that of Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen. Anthony Richardson reportedly scored, quote, brilliantly on the test, while an exact score has not been revealed yet. C.J. Stroud reportedly scored, quote, relatively low compared to the other top QBs. And Young's score was higher than that of Justin Fields, Josh Allen, and Joe Burrow. And apparently C.J. Stroud is, quote, unquote, not coachable, apparently. Which I always find funny when people bring up not coachable because that, that, so, that gets so blown up out of proportion. Like, about what is what is coachable and what is not coachable? Like, for some of these guys, some of these reports and some of the stuff I've seen around C.J. Stroud is that he asks questions. What That's not coachable. That's the non-coachable factor that we're looking at right here. Because if you were just looking solely at C.J. Stroud on the football field, which is, you know, where 99% of the scouting process, you know, should take place, I understand there's some things that take place off the field. Like, you want to know if they're a good person or not. So maybe about 90%. So you want to know if they're a good player. And you got to know how they work in systems. You got to know how they can make reads. But you also want to know how good of a person. There's the 10%. But CJ Stroud on the field, dude's a back-to-back Heisman finalist. And I understand where people might have concerns about the fact that, hey, he had the best receiving core in college football his two years at Ohio. His two years starting at Ohio State, he had the best receiving core in the nation. That's undisputed. That's undisputed. You can look at some other receiving cores. Like Tennessee had a really good receiving core. Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman. You got good receiving cores out there. But Ohio State's has been pretty much far and away the best. You look at last year's draft. We have the 10th and 11th picks in the draft from Ohio State. This year, we should have a top 20 pick in the draft in Jack Smith the Jig Bunny. If he hadn't gotten hurt, we might be even talking about a higher pick. And then you got next year, Marvin Harrison Jr. and Mecca Buga could get drafted next year. Like, Ohio State, 
always puts receivers in the NFL. They're one of those underrated wide receiver U type schools. I don't really, unless I've completely missed it, I never really see them get talked about that much in regards to wide receiver U, at least in the past. You can even throw Jamison Williams in that regard too. He was on that same roster, but he transferred to Alabama. He was the 12th pick. So you want to go technical, they had three receivers going three straight picks in last year's draft, 10th, 11th, 12th. Garrett Wilson to the Jets, Chris Olave to the, the Saints, and Jamison Williams to the, the Lions, who, if Jamison Williams was healthy, would have been considered the best receiver in the draft. If he was healthy. And even if he wasn't healthy, which he wasn't because he tore his ACL in the National Championship game, we had him as the number one receiver in the draft. Like, Alabama always has good wide receivers. It's just this year, where you can go back the past however many years and look at, oh, this is the Alabama receiver that's good this year. This is the Alabama receiver that's good this year. Like, you got all these great wide receivers. You got last year, Jamison Williams and John Mechie. Both are coming off ACL injuries, or at least injuries. I can't remember. John Mechie hurt his knee in the conference championship game, but I don't remember what he did in the what knee he hurt. And he also was battling cancer, which I hope everything's going well there. And you look at the season prior. You got Devontae Smith. You got Jalen Waddell, both getting drafted in the top 10. And the year before that, you have Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs getting drafted in the top 15. And then you've got the likes of Amari Cooper. You've got Julio Jones. You've always seemed to have that really, really good wide receiver at the University of Alabama. It doesn't really matter. Calvin Ridley's another one. There's never really that year where there's barely anybody, where the cupboard's bare in regards to elite wide receiver talent, but that's what we had kind of this year at Alabama. The number one receiver at Alabama was Jameer Gibbs. If you want to go who I think the best pass catcher at Alabama was last year was the freaking running back. Cameron Ladu, the tight end, is another really solid receiving weapon, but not comparatively to what they've had in the past. And he said, I brought this up before, you see what Alabama was when Bryson was there and then when Jalen Milrow played. And Jalen Milrow could become a very, very good quarterback at Alabama. It's not easy getting rushed, like getting your first start against a team that does not like you at Texas A&M with Jim O'Fisher with a coach that made his, boy, made his opinions about Nick Saban in Alabama very clear <laughs> in the offseason. It's not a very easy place to go. I understand it was at home and Texas A&M beat you last year, but the drop-off was pretty significant. And that's not saying, again, Bryce Young has been the best quarterback in college football. Regardless if he won the the Heisman Trophy, Dave O'Brien, Maxwell, whatever, regardless if he actually won that his sophomore year, he's or his junior year, sorry, he's done been the best quarterback in college football. Like, I remember Charles Barkley saying this one time when he won an MVP in the 90s. He won an MVP, but he said, just because I won it that year does not mean I was better. I'm better than Michael Jordan. It means he was better for that year, received more votes than him, but he's not better than Michael Jordan. Like the people that went that were invited to the Heisman ceremony last year, they're not better than CJ or better better than Bryce Young. Sorry, they're not. As much as you want to, as much as I like the players that got uh, nominated, maybe Caleb Williams becomes a player that's better than Bryce Young, because we're talking about quote unquote generational talent next year because he's got the size that Bryce Young lacks. Because if Bryce Young again was taller, we'd be talking about generational prospect in regards to Bryce Young. So his high, his size. Like Doug Flutie said, he's only played this height his entire life. He knows no different. He's never been taller than what he is right now. And he's done fairly well for up to this point in his life. So you might have your concerns there, but I really have no issues with Bryce Young. And if he was taller, we wouldn't even be having a conversation about the first overall pick. But this conversation with C.J. Stroud is starting to pick up steam recently, and we've talked about him falling a little bit, and you look at Will Levis, a guy that per reports, 
has been talked about in NFL circles, and the media has brought this up a lot, at least earlier in the offseason, about how NFL teams rate Will Levis higher than what the national media does. And that's fair. That's fair. Because they're doing the interviews. Because I can promise you this, as much as people want to bash on players, there is not one media person that I can think of. Maybe there's one. Maybe there's one. But I cannot think of one that has sat in on these meetings and has actually sat down and watched what these guys do in front of these NFL people. Because what you do when interviewing with the media is completely different than what you do when you interview with an NFL team. It's completely different. Yes, you're doing the same basic thing. You're sitting down and talking to people you barely know. But you're not trying to get a job talking to me. Maybe you could argue you could. Maybe you argue that, hey, every, every word, everything you do is under a freaking microscope until you get drafted. And even then, it's probably amplified 10 times because now you're the face of a franchise if, you, if you're a quarterback in this case. So I don't know anything that C.J. Stroud has said. I don't know what his test score is because C.J. Stroud re- reportedly scored, quote, relatively low. What the hell does that even mean? What is relatively low? Because you could fail a driver's ed test for getting a 75%. And it's not technically failing. What is relatively low? Is relatively low, like, below 90? Because it's a quarter, you're a quarterback, so you're expected to be the smartest person on the field at all times. You got to know what everybody's doing at every single time. And it's a, cogn- a cognition test. So you got to be able to know how to do that. What's relatively low, though? I don't know what that means. I don't, I don't know what it means. Like, I don't know what the Wonderlick scores are out. I haven't seen anything about the Wonderlick. All I remember, the, the only Wonderlick score I actually remember is when Warren Sapp was talking about it to, I think, Derek Brooks. There's a mic'd up thing where he's making fun of Akili Smith, who was drafted third overall over out of Oregon by the Cincinnati Bengals. It was the Tim Couch, Donovan McNabb, and then, you know, the, what do you call it, <laughs> Akili Smith draft. He said Akili Smith got a nine on his Wonderlick score. A nine. It, just the way he said it. It's just so that <laughs> Akili Smith was not very good. So there is some weight to these tests. I don't want to say they're completely pointless to these, but, man, you can like I haven't seen anything that's actually I haven't seen the test scores because this again is what they're wanting you to hear because there could be teams out there that are sitting at the let's say the Raiders at seven let's say hypothetically they're throwing these scores out that hey you hear how freaking stupid CJ Stroud is you hear how dumb idiot CJ Stroud is man you should let him fall a little bit to seven because man that guy is a freaking dummy. What if it's one of those situations? Who, who's putting these scores out here? Who's letting these people? Because the only thing that we hear mostly is what NFL teams want to hear, especially when you get closer to the draft. As we get closer, this is what they're wanting to hear. So you got your sources, but no one knows if it's actually true. No one knows if it's actually true. You're trying to manipulate the draft board. It's a tale as old as time. You're trying to manipulate the NFL draft because you're trying to get players that could potentially transform your franchise or help you continue on the success that you are now. Like the Eagles, who have a relatively good roster, who just signed their franchise quarterback to a nice extension, just went to a Super Bowl in a relatively weak NFC, apart from their division rival Cowboys and the freaking 49ers. And then everybody else is kind of just up in the air. I have no idea the rest of the NFC. I know those three teams should be pretty good this year. But other than that, I had no idea. It's like, for the Eagles' sake, you don't really need a transformative player. You could get someone that could either sit a year, like, get an odd, like, they love to get off to linemen and have them sit for a year. Maybe you do that. Maybe you get a running back. Maybe you do something that can help your team win right away. 
I don't know. But these, all these things that come out about Stroud, about Levis, about Hooker, whatever, a lot of it, if not all of it, is coming out because this is what NFL teams want. And there's some team, like like the line, we talked about this on, was it Monday or Wednesday? I don't remember. We The, the Detroit Lions being, quote, infatuated with Tyree Wilson. Infatuated. That's a situation again. Who the hell knows if that's true? Who the hell knows? Because as we said, the Arizona Cardinals have been linked heavily to that of Tyree Wilson. Heavily linked. They've been talking about it since the draft that they think, at least this is what reports are saying. Reports are saying this. That they view him as the number one edge rusher in the class. And for a team that lost J.J. Watt and Zach Allen, team that plays in a re- as of right now still plays a 3-4. We'll have to see what happens when the season takes place with Jonathan Gannon as the D coordinator. They ran a 4-3 in Philly. We'll see what they do in Arizona. But Tyree Wilson can play as an outside linebacker or, given his length, can play as that DN on a 3-4 defense. With the Lions being, quote, infatuated with Tyree Wilson, maybe they're saying, hey, Arizona, don't trade back because there's a player that we could get if you take Tyree Wilson this could allow a player to fall that we like to fall in our hands. But maybe the Lions are actually infatuated with him. I have no freaking idea. But I know this stuff takes place a lot more with quarterbacks because, as we said, quarterbacks is the most important position on the football field. Quarterbacks is the most important position in the draft. You get your franchise quarterback, everything else can kind of sort itself out. So I it wouldn't really surprise me if a team like the Raiders or a team like the Titans, who, again, have, I think, six draft picks, that cannot afford it realistically. They could do this. I'm not saying, I don't want to rule it out completely, but it doesn't make a lot of sense, given the amount of needs on their roster and all the players they need to replace, them trading up from 11 to 3. They don't have enough, unless they want to pull a New Orleans Saints trade to try and get the quarterback of the future at number 3 and trade their entire draft. I don't see that happening. So this could be a thing like, hey, we really like C.J. Stroud. Hey, um, you should allow him to fall to us because that puts them in somewhat striking range. If he gets past the Raiders, which I don't know if I see that happening, if he does fall to that point, they can trade up to like eight or nine or even just trade up one spot to 11. And you can do that and not have to give up your entire draft for that. Like it's possible. And you look at the teams, the people that are in charge of the Tennessee Titans, Las Vegas Raiders, the head coaches are former Patriots guys. And we know how much the New England Patriots love manipulating the NFL. So, that could be something that takes place. Or, and this is the one that I think is the most interesting thing in regards to the Tennessee Titans. Or, the Tennessee Titans are involved in the trade with Trey Lance. Which could be very interesting. Because there was a report the other day that said the 49ers are fielding offers in regards to Trey Lance. Which is something we've talked about before on the show. Because Trey Lance is... A very solid, very not solid. He is very, very talented quarterback that has all the potential in the world. Who we've really only seen play in two games. Yes, I know he's played four, but we've only really the first, the, the third game he played was a monsoon. The second, the fourth game he played, he snapped his ankle. So if you want to be technical, we have seen him in natural conditions twice. And he didn't look good one time, and he looked good another time. If you want to count the monsoon game as saying, "Oh, look, this dude sucks major ass." That's a really stupid way to look at that. 
And then you look at his fourth game again, snapped his ankle. In the fir- it was either the first quarter or early in the second quarter. I don't really remember exactly. But Trey Lance is insanely talented. And you've got a quarterback like Brock Purdy. Now, this all depends on what happens with Brock Purdy. All depends on what happens with Brock Purdy. Because there's another thing that came out that Brock Purdy says, hey, I don't know if I'm going to be able to play this year. He messed up his elbow. And for a normal circumstance, he could require Tommy John surgery. Now, as far as I'm aware, he already got surgery, and it doesn't sound like it was Tommy John surgery, but who the hell knows? I'm not a doctor or anything. But if he's out the entire year, then it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense for the 49ers to trade Trey Lance at this point, unless they feel like Sam Darnold can be that guy that can lead them to the promised land, which I know there's a lot of people out there that would love to see that because there are a lot of people that weirdly love Sam Darnold. Like, an insanely amount of love for Sam Darnold. I've never really felt indifferent. I've never really felt either way about Sam Darnold. Love him or hate him, I just don't think he's got, I don't think he's got any confidence left. And quarterback position is about 75% confidence. There's a lot of other factors that take place, but a lot of it's confidence. If you don't believe in yourself, how do you expect the rest of the team to believe in you? Like, it's, you're not, you've got to exude confidence, and especially in the NFL. And if you're a guy that's had his confidence sapped out of him, from really early on in his career, after starting his first ever game, beating the Detroit Lions by like 30 points, after throwing in a pick six on his first throw of his NFL career, yeah, losing confidence can be pretty easy, especially when you're on a team like the Jets that won two games your last year starting there and traded you to the Carolina Panthers for Zach Wilson. You see how good Zach Wilson is? And they still believe in Zach Wilson, apparently. I don't know how true those rumors are, but... We've talked about this before. I think the reason they're trying to trade for Rodgers is because they still somehow believe in Zach Wilson. We'll wait and see on that. But if Darnold does well in San Fran, which, again, San Fran's got all the pieces for a quarterback to be successful there. I'm not saying that they're all going to be superhuman quarterbacks, but he's got pieces there. Shanahan's a quarterback guy. He's back in California, which is where he grew up, where he went to school, went to USC, obviously. Maybe being on the West Coast will reignite his career or something like that. Hey, Jim Plunkett, West Coast guy, went to Stanford. Went out east, got drafted by the Patriots, sucked ass on a terrible team. Went back west to the, Va- the were they L.A. Raiders or were they Oakland Raiders at the time? Because they started in Oakland, went to L.A., went back to Oakland. I don't remember where Jim Plunkett flies in there, but Plunkett went to Vegas, or Vegas, went to the Raiders and won two Super Bowls. And he's not a Hall of Fame quarterback or anything. He was a backup starting both of those years, but it reignited somewhat of his career. He turned himself back into a serviceable quarterback which is what Sam Darnold could do if this stint in San Francisco goes well. So if Purdy can't play, and Lance either is A, traded, or B, just doesn't do very good, then, hey, Darnold comes in. But then you run that risk. Trey Lance coming off a broken ankle. Trey Lance has played very little football since they won the national championship at North Dakota State. He's been played very little football. Since that game, he has appeared in five games. That national championship game was in 2020, or the early 2021, whatever. No, no, because you got drafted. It was the 2020 season, 2020 national championship game. Season gets canceled due to COVID, and then he plays one game as like a showcase game against Central Arkansas. Throws his first ever collegiate interception. Doesn't play that season. Gets drafted third overall. Plays two games the next season, and then comes in the season as a starter. Plays one and a half games, really no games. Played in two, but really didn't play any. So what if he's not very good? Then you lost all your trade value with Trey Lance. And you got teams like the Titans, 
who their GM was a part of this a part of the team when they drafted Trey Lance. So there's got some familiarity there. And then you've got the Texans, who have a head coach who was just with the San Francisco 49ers for organization, who was there when Trey Lance was the starter of the team. And apparently the Texans are not sold in these other prospects and taking Will Anderson number one and then or number two and then see whoever they take at twelve. Training for Trey Lance is not out of the question. Now, the only thing you've got to ask yourself is, do you think Trey Lance is better? Because Bryce Young, by all accounts, seemingly is going number one overall. Things could change. Frank Reich, we know, loves Anthony Richardson, so maybe things change in that regard. But as of right now, it seems like Bryce Young's going number one overall. After Young, do you think Trey Lance is better, has higher ceiling than that of Richardson, Levis, and Stroud? That's the question you've got to ask yourself if you're the Houston Texans because that seems like to be the most logical place for for Trey Lance because that's a place he could go in and start right away. He wouldn't start right away in Tennessee because they do have some loyalties there to Ryan Tannehill, though they want to move on. Their coach or their GM has been adamant that they want to add a quarterback. So if they don't end up getting one in the first round or maybe, hell, they take Hendon Hooker in the second round or try to trade back into the first round because it costs a hell of a lot less trading back into the first round, than it would try to trade up into the top 10 if you're the Titans, whose O-line is still ass. You got Andre Dillard in, former first-round pick, but he's not really been that awesome in the NFL when he got drafted by the Eagles. He's been all right, signed a nice little deal, but that's your whole thing there. So if you're looking at Trey Lance and you're these teams, because again, we know as of right now, I, I shouldn't say no, we, have a, we are under the assumption that Bryce Young's going number one overall. We are under that assumption. So, when you look at the other three guys in the draft class, I'm not going to throw in Hendon Hooker, though, even though some people out there like Hendon Hooker more than Richardson Levis. And I understand why I'm not going to talk about him because I don't really think he's in the conversation for those top spots in the draft. Does Trey Lance have a higher ceiling than those other three guys? Other than Richardson, you could make a, a, you know somewhat of a case for that because same similar-ish thing to Richardson. He's got the size. He's at 6'4", 230, somewhere around there. He's got a strong arm, accuracy issues, inconsistent accuracy, inconsistent uh, mechanics from Trey Lance mainly. He's got insane athleticism. Rest over 1,100 yards at North Coast State. And I think he had like 15, 12 touchdowns, I think. 12, 15, somewhere between 12 and 15 touchdowns, I think, rushing the ball. And he's been in the NFL already. You may not have liked what you've seen so far, but there have been moments where, like, okay, there's something there. We'll see if he actually ends up realizing it. But size, athleticism, arm strength, that stuff's all there. We knew he was raw going in. And, if, again, this is one of those things where you have to trust your coaching staff. If you trust your coaching staff, then, yeah, the trade for Trey Lance would make sense to me. Whether you're the Titans, whether you're the Texans, I don't trust the Titans. Because I don't like their development process. I think their development process is pretty weird. Now, that could change now that Robinson's gone. So we'll see how that all takes place. But if they're that quick to pull the trigger on Malik Willis, I'm a little nervous for them going after if they love Anthony Richardson or they like Trey Lance or whatever. It makes me a little nervous in that regard. If they're that quick to pull the trigger on him, I mean, I think Richardson and Lance are better quarterbacks when they got drafted than Malik Willis. Because they're both bigger. Both have stronger arms. Both are faster than Malik Willis, and Malik Willis played at Liberty. For as much as people want to bash or take, what do you want to call it, take um, credit away from Lance for playing the FCS, it's not like he played in some 
podunk FCS conference. He played in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, which you talked about on Monday, is the best conference the FCS bar none. He had to play the UNI Panthers, man. At least I think he did. I guess I'm not even 100% sure. He was going to play UNI at UNI the next year before the season got canceled. Then we got treated to that super awesome Missouri Valley Football Conference uh, Spring League. Or just FCS Spring League. Don't do that again. Please never do that again. I hate... Like, I have watched, really watched, I think, one F, uh, XFL game. I have watched, on accident, one USFL game. I understand why people like it. I understand why people down in St. Louis who got their NFL team ripped away from them love having the Battlehawks there. The XFL is not for me. Spring football is just, it's just not for me. It can be for other people. I'm not saying you can't like it, but man, it is just not for me. I tried to get into it. The first rendition of the AAF, the first rendition or the second rendition of the XFL, I lost interest relatively quick. I've watched parts of the XFL this season, but not enough to go like, Oh, yeah. Like, I've had it on the background. Like, a friend, like Brady came over a couple weeks ago, and we were watching the United States play, oh, crap, was it El Salvador? I think it was El Salvador. And we had the D.C. Defenders. Who are they playing? Um, I want to say the Vegas Vipers. I want to say Vegas. It was D.C. versus Vegas, I think. We had that on my tiny TV with no sound on. Like, it was just kind of there. Like, oh, well, we got the DC Defenders game on. We'll just watch it when something happens. But nothing ever really does happen because it's the XFL. It's a bad brand of football. As much as people like the the novelty of it, like, oh, my God, you see when A.J. McCarron led the Battlehawks back from, was it 15 points down in 10 seconds to beat the San Antonio Brahmas led by NFL legend Reed Sinnott? He wasn't starting at that time, but you understand. that. Like, the novelty of that ran out, like, that and I was like, yes, yeah, it's kind of fun. That was it's exciting. And then I realized, wait a minute, I'm watching a league that is run by not a lot of very good quarterbacks because every football league is a quarterback league. And when you don't have good quarterbacks, especially now that we've got two spring leagues, I'm not, I'm not really sold on it. And I hate that the USFL tried to market itself like it's the USFL of old, where they're like actually competing with the NFL for star players. That doesn't happen anymore. You're not pulling a Doug Flutie, Herschel Walker, Reggie White, Jim Kelly, Steve Young. You're not pulling those guys away from the NFL anymore. You're not doing that. This is not that. If anything, you're the third tier of football in America. And hell, I might even be able to argue, I don't know, fourth tier? Because I know there's some people like indoor football. I just saw the Indoor Football League got their CBS sponsorship to play the the championship game or something like that. I don't remember exactly what it is. Okay, it's not it's not lower than the Indoor Football League, but I like the Indoor Football League a lot more than the XFL because I know they're bad, but at least it's fun because it's just completely different. I don't feel like it's real football. It's not. I enjoy it. I don't enjoy watching the XFL or the USFL. I'm sorry. I don't even know why I needed to bring that up. <laughs> I don't even know why. The, oh, the Missouri Valley Spring League. Like, yeah, never do that again, please. Never do that again. But it's it's going to be interesting. And then when you look at the, like, when we talked about the Levis is now the favorite out of the quarterbacks to go to Houston to second overall. He's the betting favorite. Because, again, NFL teams like Will Levis a lot. For whatever reason, you may not agree with it. You definitely may not agree with it. I know a lot of people out there, I got messages on Twitter from a couple of my friends that have messaged me about Will Levis, about him not being very good, 
just different memes about Will Levis. Like, Josh Allen's going to make Will Levis a lot of money. Like, all this different stuff. So if you're comparing, directly comparing, we're not, we're going to leave Trey Lance out of this. We're going to leave Richardson out of it. If we're comparing Levis and Stroud, and there was a thing Daniel Jeremiah had like a year ago. What was it? It was like his quarterback test. I want to see if I can find that quarterback test. Is that what you want to call it? I, I don't know what you want to call it. There was like some specific thing. He had different traits out. And we've talked about this before on the show. We talked about it last year or two years ago, two years ago. It was like these different things he looks for in an NFL quarterback, but I don't remember what exact. Cause I like doing just using that as an example. Challenges. To, oh, I might've found it. I might've found it. Thank you for something to do. Have your family take this one. Oh, it's Wonderlick test. Not Wonderlick test. I don't care about the Wonderlick test. Oh, where is it? I don't think I'm going to have it. Daniel Jeremiah quarterback traits. Is that what I should do? Uh, 12 minutes ago. No, that was something from a couple years ago. I don't think he's tweeted it any time recently, so I'm not I'm not going to scroll through his Twitter account because it wasn't like a picture or anything. It was just a tweet. So I don't want to go through his entire Twitter account, or should we? <laughs> what, did Dale, what is Dale Jeremiah? Oh, everybody doesn't have the blue check marks anymore. It's kind of weird to look at this. Uh, I'm not going to – I'm not looking through this. I, I'm not going to try and find anything. But essentially, like, we're going to go through and give our opinions about Stroud and Levis. Who ranks higher? So – it retards to arm strength between Stroud and Levis. That goes to Levis. So we got one trait to Levis. Accuracy. That goes to C.J. Stroud. Uh, athleticism. You could say that's 50-50. I would give it to Levis given his size. Then uh, game tape. Stroud. Bar none. I think the reads he makes are very impressive. Levis looked a little bit flustered. Both have looked flustered at times. Levis, I can understand a little bit more because, hey, he's playing for Kentucky, not good O-line, not good all this new offensive staff and everything. I I think it was uh, – who was their new OC? Was it Shanahan's old quarterback coach or something like that? So people were like, he can't work with Shanahan's quarterback coach. Who can he work with? Well, it, there's not – like you've seen this whole thing with Bill Belichick. It doesn't always work out after you leave the nest. It doesn't always work. Like, hell, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia came running back. Bill O'Brien's now back in New England. And you're looking at between the years. If we're going off the cognition test, then it's Levis because Stroud reportedly scored an insanely, disrespectfully, stupidly low score that I've never seen. What happens if I search CJ Stroud on Twitter? What happens with CJ Stroud on Twitter? Uh, Go ahead, tear CJ Stroud down if you want. It won't work. It doesn't matter where he gets drafted. He's going to work. He's going to grind. And he's going to be successful. That's who he is. That's how he's built. He's C.J. Stroud. Okay. I don't know who Sam Bach is. Oh, he's an Ohio State guy. Okay, I was going to say get off his dick, my guy. But, man, he's an Ohio State guy. So, I guess it's fine. But, uh... (laughs) But, I... And this is coming from somebody that has defended C.J. Stroud on the show. I have defended C.J. Stroud thousands of times on this show. So I don't want to make it sound like I do not like C.J. Stroud. I really like C.J. Stroud. But I have also said, in the same breath of defending C.J. Stroud, I have said I wouldn't be surprised if he was the fourth quarterback taken. I have said that before, too. I said that back in probably January 
because I think it was before the Georgia game. I think that was before I I think it was before the Georgia game. I can't remember exactly what it was, but you can go search that up yourself. But I have said I have been on the record and said that I think there's a possibility that he could be the fourth quarterback taken. And it's before the recent reports came out. Because athleticism, arm strength, there are some quarterbacks that are better than them. What concerns me about Levis is that he's 24. Stroud and Young are 21. Anthony Richardson's 20. Or Levis is going to be 24, sorry. How is Levis seen as more raw than Stroud and Young? And he's soon to be two to three years older than them. Two and a half years older than them, however much older he is. That's kind of weird. That's kind of weird. I, I can't help that, but... I don't know. There, there's some good there. As much as you don't like Will Levis, there are good things about him. Just if you don't look at what he did on the football field, <laughs> that's that's gonna be your main issue here, and that's not a very good way for someone to sell you on something. Okay, don't like this is what my parents. So my my parents second when I was about ready to be born, my parents bought a house. Bought a house. And if I, my memory serves me correctly, because I'm trying to go off what they've said. I don't remember exactly. I don't want to make, I got to, I don't know if I've got all the details right, but as far as I remember, this was a house owned by an old dude that was pretty much bedridden that had thousands upon thousands of adult diapers in this house, reeked of piss and among other things, had animals living in it throughout, like disgusting house. And my dad brings my mom into the house. So my dad say, saw the house. And my mom hadn't seen it yet. And before they even got there, before they even got inside, my dad just kept saying, look at the potential. It's the same thing with Will Levis. Don't pay attention to what's on the inside. Do not pay attention at all to what's going on on the inside. Do not ignore the piss smell. Ignore the stained walls. My dad used this paint called Kills to destroy every odor on the walls. Ignore all that. Look at the potential. It's a two-story house. Sure, it's only got one bathroom on the top floor. <laughs> Had some, like, podunk bathroom in the basement. No bathroom on the first floor. Ignore that. <laughs> Just look at what we could do here. Uh, we got the house. <laughs> Maybe there's teams like that where, like the Colts, who have apparently, reportedly... Again, this could be some BS report that the NFL teams just want you to believe. They like Will Levis a lot in Indianapolis. Even more so than apparently C.J. Stroud. So, is that what Chris Ballard and the co were doing to Ursay, Or is Ursay doing that to them? It's like, hey, man. Ignore what he did in college. Because uh, there was no leap. Everybody was expecting him to take this year. Played relatively bad at times, especially against Tennessee, who did not have a very good pass defense. I understand the... I show some sympathy towards that because of the fact that it was in Knoxville. It was a very hostile environment. It was at night. You're heavily underdogs. He threw three bad interceptions, or two... I know one of them was really bad. I think one of them bounced off the defender's chest, or the, the receiver's chest, and I don't remember the second one. But hostile environment, but again, Tennessee's pass defense is not great. So, I have sympathy, but don't have sympathy at the same time. So, yeah, the Colts apparently like Levis a lot. And enough so maybe to draft him over Stroud. But, again, I was just thinking about this. 
you remember back after the combine when Jim Irsay dropped that uh that young kid, that kid from Alabama looks pretty good. Was that a play? Was he just trying to get a team to trade up to number one? Or was that real interest there? That's what we're talking about. I have no idea. I'm watching a video of Bryce Young right now. Juke out Drew Sanders, Arkansas linebacker. And deliver a ball on a freaking dart on the move that hit the receiver right in the freaking head. And he dropped it. So, yeah, it's Dave Brugler talking about it. Every Sunday morning last fall, I'd fire up the tape of the day before and see how many magic acts I could find from QB Bryce Young that were recorded as incompletions in the box store. There were a lot. And this is one of them. This is why I say don't <laughs> statistics don't tell the entire story. Because there are people that don't like Levis that didn't actually watch him because they're looking at the stats. I am the same thing with Richardson. I implore you don't look at just the stats. You gotta watch some of it. I understand Levis didn't play good even to just watch the tape, but there were things he did as well that were good. Richardson did a lot that was good last year. And I watched the episode of Bryce Young on the pivot, which I've brought up on the show before about watching the pivot. Bryce Young was just on there the other day. Very good interview. And Bryce Young praises Anthony Richardson. Even though he never played him, he praises Anthony Richardson. You should watch that because Bryce Young, he's not friends with him. He's friends with C.J. Stroud, as far as I can tell. He's not friends with Anthony Richardson, or at least close friends. He They really talked more at the Combine, from what suggests, what C.J. Stroud said, or Bryce Young suggested. But he praises Stroud. He play, praises Anthony Richardson. So, yeah, I, I like a lot of these quarterbacks. I think all these quarterbacks will be good. Uh, I understand why people don't like them. I understand why people like some more than others. I, I should find out where's that, um, my friend that, that the, the former NFL draft scout for the New York Jets, you know, a team that is successful, has drafted extremely well, but where is it at? I can't find it. I'm not going to search for his Twitter account. I think. <laughs> I'm not going to try and search for his Twitter account. Projecting the NFL draft quarterback landing spots. We made picks for 12 passers in seven rounds. It's Jordan Reed, Matt Miller, ESPN's B-Tech crew for the NFL draft. I like what they do, but they're the B-Tech guys. You got the A-Tech guys. You got Mel Kuyper and Todd McShay. And then you got the B-Tech guys and Jordan Reed and Matt Miller. You got Bryce Young going to Carolina. You got C.J. Stroud going to Tennessee. I like C.J. Stroud to Tennessee. I think he makes more sense than, uh, than Richardson and Malik Willis. Again, like we said before, of the fact that I don't trust their development group. So that's my whole thing with them. But yeah, Stroud going to Tennessee. Richardson going to the Colts. I think I like Richardson more than Levis. There are parts of me that like Richardson more than Stroud. So I would be perfectly okay with Richardson going there. But according to reports, Levis is the favorite in Indianapolis. Don't know how true it is, but that's what the reports are saying. Then you got the Bucks taking Will Levis, trading up to 10. I don't mind that. I don't mind that. They've got two quarterbacks there already who they don't really know what they have. So Levis can make sense there. Trade up with Philly. And then uh, Texans taking Hendon Hooker. Makes sense. I could totally see that happening as well. Trading back, trading up in the first round with Buffalo. Uh, so yeah, I could definitely see that one happening. Hendon Hooker going to Tennessee or Houston. Raiders taking Tanner McKee. Yeah, yeah. He's not the. The issue is, I I think Stroud would work better in Vegas. I mean, this is saying a whole lot. Like, yeah. Uh, did you know that I think CJ Stroud would be better than Tanner McKee? But what the Raiders do. And what Josh McDaniels does, you see what he came from in New England. The apple does not fall far from the tree in regards to ideologies, in regards to what the Bron- what the Raiders are going to try and do, and what the Patriots do. What they do is have, like, calm quarterbacks. They're going to make the smart decision. They don't necessarily need someone that's going to fire all over the field. Tanner McKee is more of that. 
Stroud is more of the accuracy, shorter passes underneath routes and all that. So that's why I think, like, if we're talking about a team that could be potentially trying to screw up CJ Stroud's draft stock, I think it's the Raiders. I think he'd fit really well with what the Raiders are trying to do. Sit behind Jimmy G for a little bit, if at all, and then, uh, yeah, see where that goes. But I, I, Tanner McKee going there, I don't I don't dislike it. Uh, Vikings, Dorian Thompson-Robinson. Ooh, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. I'd love to see Dorian Thompson-Robinson there with Kevin O'Connell, Dustin Jefferson, Dalvin Cook potentially, Alexander Madison at least, TJ Hawkinson. I'd be cool with that. I'd be cool with that. Jaron Hall going to Baltimore. I think the the one that everybody would like to see is DTR going to Baltimore, but I can see him going before that. Jaron Hall, though, Jaron Hall can move. Jaron Hall can move. And the Ravens are obviously, at least one would suspect, they're going to keep Lamar. If they get a backup quarterback and they're going to want to look for someone that can move, so they're not like completely changing the offense when if and when Lamar Jackson gets hurt. Because that's a problem like the Bills have ran into in the past. Like going from Josh Allen to Matt Barkley, there was a drastic drop-off there because they had to change completely what they did because Matt Barkley just can't move. So you look at the past few off-seasons, they brought in Mitch Trubisky, who is the best backup Josh has had. They brought in Case Keenum, who can move to a decent extent. And then now they got Kyle Allen, who's friends with Josh and can move a decent amount as well. So for the Ravens, Jaron Hall does make sense because he can't move. He's older. He's married. So, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't dislike that one, especially when you're getting to later rounds. It's kind of like... Ugh, gross fit there. Like, it's kind of just a value thing. Like, the Bills drafted Jake Fromm in the eighth, the fifth round. Like, something happens there. Jake Hayner to the Packers. There's a lot of people recently that have been hyping up Jake Hayner because he's got the quote-unquote it factor. I like Jake Hayner. He's a smaller quarterback. Sit behind. They're going to draft a quarterback. It's not going to be early, but the Packers are going to draft a quarterback. It's inevitable. I would be kind of surprised if they didn't. And it's not going to be someone that's going to, at least they expect to directly compete with Jordan Love. I don't think that's the case, but I think Jake Hayner, quick quick arm, smaller, again, smaller guy, decently athletic. Yeah, I think he'd be a nice guy to sit behind there. I, I'd love to see Jaron Hall in Green Bay. I think that'd be really fun, but I could see where they go with Jake Hayner. Clayton Toon, mobile guy, and he goes to Seattle. Yeah, mobile guy, strong arm, bigger than Jake Hayner. Jake Hayner is a smaller dude, as we just said. I don't, he might be six foot, might be. Clayton Toon, six foot three, and... Yeah, this that'd be a good later round pick for Seattle. If they don't move for one earlier in the draft. Aiden O'Connell to the Lions. Yeah, that fits the Lions ethos, I would imagine. I could see that one taking place. He does have a, que- a couple questionable decisions here and there, but he's a bigger dude. He is uh, very immobile. <laughs> so <laughs> Jared Goff's not the most mobile quarterback in the world either, but I'd say Jared Goff's more mobile than, than Aiden O'Connell. O'Connell's arm, good. I wouldn't say it's amazing, but it's a good arm. So, yeah, I could see that. That wouldn't be fun. He's a Midwest guy. Stetson Bennett going to the Cowboys. Yeah, that feels like a Cowboys pick. That feels like a Cowboys pick for sure. I would say Max Duggan is more likely, but Stetson Bennett won a couple national championships. The guy with that winning mentality down in Dallas. I could see that happening there. And then they have undrafted free agents. Max Duggan. Where does he have him going to? Teams will particularly be intrigued by Max Duggan. Scouts have mentioned Sam Ellinger as a good comparison. I don't know. Malik Malik Cunningham from ten, from Louisville will be interesting to see if he goes in the draft. Cunningham has the skill set to be a QB3 and eventually develop into a backup option. Yeah, I, I like the dude. I like the dude a lot. He needs to work on some things in the passing game, but athletically, he's insane. Tyson Bajan and then Tim Demerit from Fordham. Uh, Yeah. I think if we're going off quarterbacks, I think we'll get drafted. I mean, we have our main guys. So my top 
10, I'm going to just go to the blog, but I'm going to give myself an extra click on the blog post real quick <laughs> so I could remember what I had for my top 12. 15 views? That ain't bad. That ain't bad. Mock Draft 3.0 is one more view than Mock Draft 3 2.0, which is kind of funny. Uh, so my top 10 was Bryce Young, C.J. Stroud, Richardson, Levis, Hooker, Robinson, Hall, McKee, Toon, and Hayner, and then O'Connell, Bennett, Cunningham, and Duggan, and then Bajan. I think if if we're talking about the Cowboys, so my I think if we're looking to agree, my top twelve is similar to their top twelve in regards to who's getting drafted. Different order, but similar ish enough. But I think if Dallas is there, I think Dallas would like Max Duggan. I wouldn't be surprised if Tyson, uh, Stetson Bennett goes undrafted. He's annoying. I he I find him fun and annoying at the same time. I like his story. I like going from a, a JUCO guy to being a starter for Georgia to winning two national championships. I think that's cool. But he's weird. He's a weird guy. He's athletic. He's not very big. But the whole DUI thing, or if he got charged with a DUI, I don't remember, but he got uh, disorderly. T- what was it? Um, was that tr- what's that uh, crime called? <laughs> the, did he get a DUI? He got arrested for something. They're not going to the bowl game stuff. I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if Max Duggan got drafted. I like I like Bennett and Cunningham more because I think I mean if you want to go size then you go Duggan, but I think from a throwing standpoint Bennett's better than Duggan in regards to that size and athleticism. You probably go Duggan. He could be a nice Taysom Hill role. I could see him being a Taysom Hill style guy. I think that could be a thing for him. But who the hell knows how these NFL teams view these guys? But that was my top twelve and it similar ish to theirs. So yeah. I am very intrigued to see where DTR goes. If he goes to Minnesota, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. But if I had to do, like, where going off of strictly, um, what do you want to call it? Leaks, I guess. Leaks? I don't, I don't know. Bryce Jones to Carolina. Levis to Indy, potentially. And I'm not saying I agree with these. I'm not saying I agree with these. Stroud to either Tennessee or Vegas. Richardson to... Potentially Tennessee or Vegas or Indianapolis. He's worked out with Gardner Minshew this offseason. DTR, I think Baltimore is going to be the most logical. I think that's where most people are going to see him go is Baltimore. Jaron Hall, I think he'd be fun in Seattle. I think Jaron Hall would be fun in Seattle. Clayton Toon, or uh, we skipped Tanner McKee. Tanner McKee, I think Minnesota. I think he'd fit with the, what they want to do. They love to stretch the field. Kirk Cousins got a decent arm. Tanner McKee would upgrade the arm. Not be mobile. Would not be a mobile guy. Because you look at, like, Kevin O'Connell, he's kind of similar at to Clayton Toon in regards to a bigger dude, athletic. Not like, well, I guess, you know, Kevin O'Connell ran really fast the 40-yard dash. So, we'll see. But I think Clayton Toon or Tanner McKee would be fun to see there. Jake Hayner, I could I could see him. I, him or Aiden O'Connell, I could see being Packers, guys. I think both teams will draft quarterback. or the, I think the Again, I think the Packers will draft a quarterback. I don't know who. Stetson Bennett, I could see the Cowboys, but I think Max Duggan would be their guy if he went there. If they did end up taking the quarterback later, which again, I could totally see them doing that. But where, like, if I had a like a rogue team, I could see the Bills taking a quarterback as like a um value piece. I mean, again, nobody expected them to take Jake Fromm when they did, so I think a lot of these quarterbacks are better than Jake Fromm. So if they had an opportunity to draft one of these guys, like Jaron Hall, I wouldn't be too upset if they ended up doing that. If if that was what the board said, it wouldn't be my obviously wouldn't be my most optimal choice. But because they're, I don't think they're needing a backup quarterback. I think Kyle Allen's fine. I don't think he's amazing, but I think he's fine for what they're needing right now. But yeah, if I'm gonna, is there a team that could be like a 
The Dolphins, I think, could be a pretty rogue team. Is there any the Giants? I think the Giants will draft a quarterback. I think they will. I think Clayton Toon would be a Giants guy. I he could be. I could definitely see him being a Giants guy. Washington, Washington will probably draft a quarterback. I don't know where they could draft a later guy. Maybe they go after a Malik Cunningham style quarterback. I have no idea. Anybody else really going to draft a quarterback? The Lions will probably draft one eventually. I don't know where. But again, I think where's my rankings again? If I did, I think Jake Hayner could be a Lions guy. I think he could be a Lions guy. Jaron Hall, I could also see him being a Lions guy, but we'll have, we'll wait and see. There's a lot of there's teams that all across the NFL that could secretly be eyeing quarterback. The Saints could definitely be circularly eyeing a quarterback. Malik Cunningham down in New Orleans would be fun. Max Duggan, if you want to replace Taysom Hill, but a better probably a better quarterback. Even though they just signed Derek Carter with a three-year deal, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But there's some sneaky to the Cardinals later round quarterback because Kyle Murray's out for the entire year. You got Colt McCoy as your starter. Trace McSorley, I think, just signed with New England. So you got options here. You got options here. Now, uh, we're going to cut it off a little bit in a tiny bit. But uh, I want to do this real quick because this is a draft that was my senior year of high school, 2016 NFL draft. And there were 31 picks in this draft, the first round anyways, because I believe it was Deflategate was that year. That's similar amount of picks to this year's draft. Actually, some would argue it's the exact same number of picks as this year's draft. 31 picks in the first round. 31 picks then, 31 picks now. We got 10 minutes to get this. I would hope, I'm not going to say I'm going to get every pick right that super fast, but I'm going to give myself a six minute. So when that timer says four minutes, I want to be done. And if I'm not done, I'll be very upset with myself. But we'll try to finish it out as fast as possible. So it's three, two, one, go. LA Rams picking first overall, Jared Goff. Then Carson Wentz. Then it was Joey Bosa. Then it was Ezekiel Elliott. Ezekiel, it's like someone saying refrigerator like my grandparents. Jalen Ramsey went fifth, then Ronnie Stanley. And we brought up uh, Laramie Tunsil earlier, so that makes sense. DeForest Buckner was seventh. Eighth was Jack Conklin, because that was the sign like, oh, God, Laramie Tunsil really is falling down the board. Bears took Leonard, is that Leonard Floyd? Yes, it is, from Georgia. The Giants took Eli Apple, the legendary Eli Apple. Tampa Bay took Vernon Hargraves. I don't know how to spell his name. Hargraves. Okay, I got it right. New Orleans Saints at 12. Who did they take at 12? Was that Andres Pete? No. It was a lineman, I'm pretty sure. Who's the other tackles that they've had? It's not Pete. Uh, I don't know. We'll skip that one. Dolphins, that's Laramie Tunsil. The Raiders at 14. What reach did they have here at 14? Was that? It wasn't Gary and Conley. I might, I might as well try it. It's not. Who'd they? T- I don't remember. The Browns? Is that Coleman? Corey Coleman? Yes, it is. The Lions at 16. This was Decker? I don't know how to spell his name. Taylor Decker? Yeah, there it is. 17, the Falcons. It's not Tack McKinley. I know um, Hooker. Oh. Huh? Oh, I'm a year late. I'm a year late. Because the Amani, or not Amani Hooker, um... Malik Hooker went to the Colts in 2017. That's Ryan Kelly, actually. The Bills, that's Shaq Lawson. Yes, it is. New York Jets at 20. Yeah, we're at 16. We're at 8.15 on the timer right now. New York Jets at 20. That was a linebacker. It was the Ohio State guy. What was his name? Wasn't very good. Oh, crap. What the hell was his name? He was a linebacker from Ohio State. We'll come back. I'll see if that comes back to me. The Houston Texans, that was Will Fuller. The 
the Redskins took Jahan or not Jahan, but Dotson from TCU. I don't remember a Dodson. Dodson. What? How did you spell his name? Dodson. I'm I'm using Google just because I'm trying to remember how to spell his name. Dodson. Come on, I don't. You don't need to know my location. It's not important at this point in time. Not Jahan Dotson. Who was the other guy? Josh Doxson. Was that it? Josh Doxson. Yes, it was. And then the Vikings took Laquan Treadwell. Every a love like a lot of Vikings fans love that guy. The Bengals was that Billy Price? No, Billy Price was with Frank Ragnow. Uh, that was a stupid guess. Who did the Bengals take? Is that Jesse Bates? No. I'm just spitballing here. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're not getting we're not getting it all in six minutes. We're at seven minutes in three, two, one. We're at seven minutes right now. Steelers. Was that Shazier? No. Crap. Is that TJ Watt? No. The Broncos. That was Paxton Lynch. Everybody knows that one. Green Bay Packers at 27. Who did the Packers take at 27? They didn't take a receiver. Didn't take a tight end. Didn't take a running back. Didn't take a quarterback. They take a lineman. Is it Jenkins? No. <laughs> 49ers, that was Reuben Foster, wasn't it? No. Oh, no, it was the lineman from Stanford. Oh, what was his name? He reti- I think I think it was that guy. I'm, I could be completely wrong. Cardinals, that was oh, Robert Kimdichi, right? Hold on. I got his name. I don't remember how to spell his name. Robert Kimdichi, who was a baller at Ole Miss. Number one recruit in the nation. It was Robert Kimdichi. Panthers at 30? Was that the boy, Kelvin Benjamin? (laughs) Gotta spell it right. Benjamin. Oh, it wasn't Kelvin Benjamin. Who? It was not Kelvin Benjamin. I tried a bunch of different ways to spell it. I'm at 21 out of 30. I got 541 left. 21 out of 31, sorry. Oh, crap. Who... Was the Falcons pick, is it Deion Jones? No. Who is the other linebackers they've had here? Deion Jones was there. And Deion Jones was a first-round pick, but I don't remember when he was drafted. And there's another guy in there. He's from Clemson. Or is Deion Jones from Clemson? It was number 44. It's not Sua Cravens. Is it Keanu Neal? It is Keanu Neal. That wasn't who I was thinking of but originally, but... Oh crap! Okay, now I've got. Oh, it was the who was the the safety from West Virginia? I think that's who the Raiders took. The safety from West Virginia, Carl Joseph. Is it Carl Joseph? Yes, it is. The Saints at twelve. Who would the Saints have taken at twelve? It was alignment. It wasn't Ramchek. Ramchek was the last pick in the first round, and they took him in the same year they took Lattimore. So it's not them. It's alignment. I thought it was Andres Pete. I thought it was Andres Pete. What? It's not Cesar Ruiz. He was a second, like later in the first round. He was taken in the 2020 draft. It's not Eric McCoy. He was taken in the second round. There's the left tackle. I'm completely blanking on. Trevor Penning was drafted obviously in 2022. It's not Andres Pete. Am I spelling his name wrong? Because I know Andres Pete was a first round draft pick. Oh, he was a year before. He was 2015. Crap. I was like, but I know he was a first-round draft pick, and there was a similar-ish pick. I'm not going to get this. 
who else was drafted in this year? Who did the, like, the, okay, I got the Falcons, Jets. It's the linebacker from Ohio State. I know exactly who it is. Well, obviously, I don't know exactly who it is because I can't remember his freaking name. I got to cheat. I got to cheat because it's going to bother me because I I know his name. Darren Lee. Darren Lee. That's who it freaking was. That's who it freaking I'm at 24 to 31. I got 334 left. Oh, my God. Uh, I wish they would tell me, like, the school <laughs> here. Who is the Saints? The Saints one's pissing me off the most. Because I can't even. I think it must have been a defender at this point. Because it wasn't a lineman. Because Ramchick, again, was drafted with with uh, Lattimore, which I think was 2017. And he was picked 31 or 32. He was last, second or last pick or the last pick in the first round. I can't remember. And then Pete was obviously 2015. Eric McCoy was a second-round pick in, I think, 2018. Cesar Ruiz was obviously 2020. Trevor Penning was 2022. So there's their O line. There's the one tackle I'm completely forgetting about that I just can't remember for whatever reason. But I'm trying to like, I I can't freaking think. I cannot think for anything. I I might have to cancel this one. I might have to cancel this quit. I got 24 out of 31. I got 240 left. I'm not gonna get any more. I'm completely done. I'm completely done. I give up. I got higher. I I gave up at 230. Average scores 52%. I got 77%. Okay, who did I miss out? Sheldon Rankins. It wasn't even on my mind. Was well, I'm not even upset about that one. Not even. I, I'm pissed because I didn't know. I couldn't think of who it was. William Jackson for the Bengals. Yeah, corner. Artie Burns. Okay. Artie Burns I shouldn't get for the fact that he was a memorable draft pick. Artie Burns was not very good. Let's just put it like that. He was not very good in the NFL. I have a friend named Caleb who back in the day when I was at William Penn, was my resident Steelers expert. Big-time Steelers fan. One of the biggest Steelers fans I know. Um, just got married last year. And, uh, yeah, we used to text each other all these different random things about Artie Burns. Like, just making fun of Artie Burns. For no reason. I have no beef with the guy. But I knew he wasn't very good. Caleb, being a Steelers fan, obviously also knew he wasn't very good. So we just kept going all these different things about Mike Tomlin not liking Artie Burns. Packers, Kenny Clark. Okay, I should have gotten that one. Joshua Garrett. Okay, that was the Stanford guy I was thinking of. I couldn't think of his name. Cooper was the name that was coming in my mind, but that wasn't it. But Joshua Garrett, yeah, he retired after like, when did he retire? He it was like not a very long career. Yeah, he was he retired in 2020. If he did retire, yeah, he announced his retirement on October 20th, 2020. He was on the 49ers for two years, 2016 to 2018. So yeah, I knew who he was, but I couldn't remember his name. Vernon Butler for the Panthers at uh at pick 30. Yeah, I don't know. Bill's legend, but yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you what I, I could not remember the Jermaine Effetti. Is Jermaine Effetti still kicking it in the NFL? I remember when he got drafted. I remember when he got drafted. He's on the Falcons now. Wow, I did not know that. He re-signed with the team this year too on March 20 22nd, 2023. Wow. Impressive stuff Jermaine Effetti cuz I know he wasn't very good in Seattle. So I didn't know if he was still in the league. I guess he was. Makes sense he's on the Falcons, though, who don't have a very good off the line. So, yeah, I think that's all we've got for today. I think that's a, I think that's a good show to wrap up. I think that's a good way to wrap it up. Fun little quiz. Now, who would you rank higher between Levis and Stroud? Who would you take if you're the Indianapolis Colts or the Houston Texans? Would you take Will Anderson if you're the Texans, or would you take C.J. Stroud? I personally would take C.J. Stroud. But, again, I don't know the interview process. I don't know how, how much truth is behind any of this. 
I know he's got a super dumb idiot brain that can't get a high score on a cognition, cognit, whatever. <laughs> the joke's done. The joke's done. I don't think Stroud's an idiot. I, I don't think that at all. I, I just think it's funny they put, quote, uh, way lower or considerably lower than the other quarterbacks in the draft. I think that's just funny how they worded it. But, uh, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the show. If not, I sincerely apologize. Make sure, again, you follow Logan Blavin Show on every single form of social media. Make sure, as well, to make sure you're following and subscribe to the Apple Podcast and Spotify accounts. And check out the blog post on loganblavinshow.com. You can check out blog posts on all those different forms of social media. We are a week away from the draft. Six days for you guys now. Uh, happy birthday to Aaron. It was his birthday today, so i got to say happy birthday to him. I already texted him, but happy birthday again. Hopefully you've been listening to the show. Hopefully you got this far in the show. But I will see you guys later. Enjoy your weekend. Yeah. Peace.